This episode of the podcast is brought to you by replacing your girlfriend's sneakers with bumblebees. What's that weird buzzing noise? It feels stingy. Hey everybody, I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And welcome to Roll the Credits, the podcast. The only podcast that decapitated a green creature that's kind of a forest man, that's kind of a tree person. Manifested by your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Today we're doing The Green Knight. Yay. Very excited about it. It was one of my most anticipated movies of last year and then of course got pushed back Mm -hmm. to this year. And I am happy to say... It did not disappoint. No, me. A24. Didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't uh, disappoint me anyway. No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I think a lot of people who watch... There's, I think there's like two camps. It's either you absolutely love it or you think it's trash. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I honestly think that there is like a divide for like whoever saw the trailer where it's like it looks like this medieval epic. And that's not really what the movie is about. I mean, it is a medieval epic, it but it's just an epic of, like, different proportions. Yeah, like, it's not, like, full-on scale, like, oh, like, here's this, like, massive sword battle and, like, dragon fight and, like, yeah, yeah. big tree man come to s- chop you down. It's right. like, no, it's, it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's much more theatrical. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I I really love it, so mm-hmm. why don't you uh, tell us what's going on? All right, so The Green Knight came out in 2021, directed by David Lowry. You have... Dev Patel in here, who plays Sir Gowan. Ralph Ineson, who plays the Green Knight. Our boy Joel Edgerton, who just plays Lord, because they don't really put like a lot of names in certain places. Uh, you have Alicia Vikander, who plays Essel, his girlfriend, who is kind of a whore. <laughs> well, she works at like a brothel. <laughs> hey, man, you can't say that. I can. It's just not right. <laughs> you have Aaron Kellyman, who plays Winifred, the girl at like the weird cabin halfway through uh you have sarita Chowdhury who plays morgan lee fay who is sir gowan's mother uh you have sean harris who plays the king and then kate dickey who plays the queen and then you also have barry keoghan who plays the scavenger yeah and that's it that's everybody barry barry <laughs> i like him yeah oh, i love him he's a great he's a good actor my yeah. my fiance before you tell the synopsis my fiance was watching it with me and she was like that boy looks 12 and i was like actually he's 31 yeah <laughs> and he's like he's i mean i like him because of you know killing of a sacred deer yeah uh and and did you know that he's like super Scottish? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like super Scottish. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I was actually on Twitter the other day and I saw and he popped up and it was like somebody somebody wrote like a tweet and it was like whenever you see this motherfucker in a movie you know shit's about to be weird. <laughs> and then he was like, "Hey, thanks. I appreciate that." So then I went onto his Twitter page and I saw him like doing a a commercial for something mm-hmm. and he and he's just got the thickest he sounds like conor mcgregor i'm like what the fuck i it's, had no idea it's not as quite as like surprising as like christian bale but like i was surprised yeah. when i first heard it <laughs> um and anyway so the green knight is a classic uh story of a knight or who's not really a knight mm-hmm. a man trying to become a knight and have his story uh, of, you know, kind of like triumphant, like, you know, return of I am the king or yeah. <laughs> I am the king's nephew or whatever I am. Uh, and basically the Green Knight shows up and, you know, 
has a test for him and then uh he basically has like this overarching journey to then get back to the green knight to fulfill his fantasy or fulfill his fantasy <laughs> fulfill his destiny god it wouldn't uh, be king's your bad <laughs> um and yeah i mean like i said this was one of the most anticipated movies of of the year for me mm-hmm. of the past two years basically um I've, i haven't been looking forward to a film like this probably since like her, since i saw the trailers for hereditary and i was like i need to see that yeah, absolutely then like the green knight came out and then, like then i was like okay like this is the next kind of like film that i've been waiting for and unfortunately covid really kind of pushed it mm-hmm. i was really hoping they were going to put it on streaming services like early but i'm actually glad they didn't yeah because seeing this film in theaters is like the way to see it yeah like i i went to go see this in theaters like the opening weekend and yeah. i remember like this was the best way to watch it yeah i um, mean the sound design is absolutely like insane the music is so like beautiful and crazy. Like it's so good. The mm-hmm. music and the cinematography is absolutely incredible. And like watching it on like your 55 inch TV is like fine, <laughs> but, but like not seeing same. it in theaters with like actual, like, you know, good speakers and whatnot is like the way to view this film. Well, that's why too, like halfway through like Sir Gowan's journey, when you have like the in the background, like when he's walking through the mountains and you have like this, the giant rib cage with like the bear, just yeah. walking through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember seeing that perfectly in theaters. And then watching it on the TV last night with my fiance, I was like, hey, look, you see that giant rib cage with the bear inside of it? And she's like, I don't see it. It just looks like a mountain. I was like, no, that's a rib cage with a bear inside of it. <laughs> she's yeah. like, I don't see it. It's like, ah, you don't get it. <laughs> you know, Millennials. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, let's talk about what we loved about this film because it's basically everything. everything. <laughs> Honestly, it really is. I, I think mean, it's easier to talk about like anything that we didn't like about there's this There's not book. really much that I didn't like. There's one specific thing that I was kind of like weirded by, and that was the opening. Um, you have like this really fantastic like opening where as they're doing like the credits, they're doing like three different time frames of like this one cabin and like this one house that's on fire behind them. Yeah. Did not explain anything. Yeah. Like I that's that's I honestly was, my only critique of the film is that mm-hmm. like everything is kind of just left up for like the interpretation. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is like nothing is told. Like you're not even told that the king is King Henry. Like if you know, if you no, didn't, if you didn't know that going in or you didn't do research after the after the fact or whatever mm-hmm. it is, like you would not have known that that's King Henry. And in a way, that's kind of good. I kind of feel like because yeah. because if they marketed it with that being King Henry, and then like David Lowry kind of you know was leaning on King Henry's name to be like a selling point, then you would have taken away from Gowan. Yeah. And is it King Henry though? Because I swore it was King Arthur. Maybe it's King Arthur. I, I don't think know. It's, it's King Arthur because when the Green Knight shows up, that's the Round Table. Yes, like that's the the Knights of the Round Table. Right. And then when Gowan is handed the sword to fight the Green Knight, that's Excalibur. That's why he looks at it and he's like, "Oh fuck!" Because <laughs> that was that's yeah, what yeah. I thought it was, and I was like, "Oh man, that's so cool!" And yeah. the fact that they didn't tell you it yeah. was even more like impactful because it it makes it that. It's less about what King Arthur's story was and more about what Gowan's story is. Yeah. Because people know who Arthur is. Right. Uh, so everything I said about Henry, I meant for Arthur. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I thought that that was like kind of a, I thought that was like a smart way to do it. Because mm-hmm. if you if you're relying on King Arthur so like too heavily, then you're kind of taking away from the rest of the story and part of, you know, Gawain's story. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really my only complaint, though, is just that like 
you, you're you're kind of thrusted into a lot of things and nothing is ex- fully explained. And in a way that can be a positive it, for some people, like mm-hmm. I enjoy I enjoy doing a bit of research after the movie is done. You know, like I, yeah. I, I do. I, I enjoy like, you know, looking at film criticism and looking at people's interpretations of things. But like. Literally nothing is explained in this movie. No, like not even the ending like that. The ending ap- that right. end credit thing. Not even explained. Yeah, so that's not explained. The re- like nothing is really explained when it comes down to like why the mother actually even summoned the Green Knight. I mean, like you can yeah. make your in- like your interpretations of why, mm-hmm. but it's not actually like definitively told to you like why. They don't ever explain to you like the five star like that they have like the pendant yeah, that exactly. they all wear, which that that does mean something. Mm-hmm. That is like the five thing like the five tribulations that he has to go through. Yeah. But, like, that's not told to you. But, in a way, I kind of like that Mm -hmm. because I like to do the research after the fact and then, like, learn. Exactly. Instead of, like, a film spoon-feeding it to you. Mm -hmm. But I just – I guess my my only – my thing is, like, I don't know if the film went a little too far on the – you know, one of the – you know, one big complaint about, like, moviegoers is, like, we really hate when movies – spoon feed you everything like tons of tons of uh you know because we like ambiguous stuff i like ambiguous things i don't like a lot of like exposition and this movie pretty much doesn't have much at all yeah because and everything so i'm wondering though like did we go maybe too far over (laughs) no such thing like you know what i mean though like Mm -hmm. where nothing was explained to you at all basically yeah i don't know for me personally it didn't affect the movie to the point of which like i'm like all right like this is hindering my enjoyment of it Mm -hmm. i would say though but for like a casual moviegoer they probably would find things like that kind of annoying and they would be like i don't know what's going on even though like at its core the story itself is pretty simple yeah, and I think, too, like, a lot of m- casual moviegoers will be annoyed at the fact that, again, this is a journey film. Yeah. This is trial and tribulation, and this is not, like, old-school medieval films, like when we did Macbeth, where it's, like, there is, like, these epic battles to be had. Right. And, like, tales to be told from it. This is a man finding his own path and creating his own legacy. Yeah. And it's in a very mundane way in an over um, extraordinary circumstance. Yeah. And that's the whole premise of the film. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, a lot of people watching this casual movie goers are going to find it long winded, a little boring. Um, But I didn't. Yeah. Like all of these things that I'm saying, I like, although they could be cons for other people are kind of like pros. Like I loved the journey oh yeah absolutely the the we need to talk about the introduction of the green knight yeah i think probably one of the greatest introductions to a character ever very cool like bringing in like the olive branch to show like okay he's not here for like an actual fight yeah just riding in on the horse all of the fires go out as soon as he steps in it's so epic and he is just this massive man and the sound effect that they did for like basically branches breaking yeah, sound for yeah. like every movement he does yeah awesome super cool it's so the sound design is incredible mm-hmm. the lighting in this movie like like you said like everything is just so well thought out yes. in this film and i, I mean, think that has to do with david lowry himself like i i honestly like the biggest biggest praise that i can say for this film 
is David Lowry from when we did a ghost story is at his very best doing visual storytelling. Yeah. And that is 90% of this film. Yeah. And he nailed it. Like it, <laughs> it looks and feels amazing. Yeah. I mean, it feels dirty. It mm-hmm. feels, but also it feels epic and incredible. But it, like it's some, it somehow manages to feel small but gigantic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the story of Gawain and him becoming like that feels so personal to him. But also, I mean, there's literal giants in the film. Yes. <laughs> and that was always like the thing in the trailers where it's like, oh my god, like that looks so cool. Like, yeah. What is that? Mm-hmm. And it's very small. Like it's a very small scene of seeing the hand reach over the mountain, running up there. And before I continue, I had subtitles on. Um, just so in that way I can get like everything because yeah. the movie is like medieval, um, like ye old English, but ye old English. But it's not done in like an over the top way where it's like you really, really need to like pay attention to the dialogue to understand. Yeah, I, I what found it pretty about. easily. Like I understand. I mean, I, you know, like back, you know, a call back to the Macbeth episode. like yes. way more yeah. difficult to understand. <laughs> yes. Like you needed <laughs> subtitles for that. This one not so much. Um, it was really funny though because like as he's like getting to the top of the mountain to see all of the giants on the subtitle it just says heavy footballs (laughs) (laughs) and i was like cool love it (laughs) somebody does not know what that sounds like (laughs) um Uh, but yeah like that's a very small scene of seeing the giants yeah and Gawain just asking like you know hey can you give me a ride like like, a shortcut yeah like like, can i can i find my path and the the hand reaching over and then the fox just comes in and like just howls to stop it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all you really get of the giants. Yeah. But it was enough to be like, oh my God, like this, this world is so much more than they're really letting you see. The, the world, and, I, and listen, we, we, we said this a few times with other films and, and like we've always meant it. But for me, this film is honestly, this this kind of feels at this moment in time, like the pinnacle of it. The world is another character. Yes. The actual world that they live in really feels like you're there with the characters and it feels like a necessary, it feels like a tangible place Mm -hmm. somehow, even though it's so far fetched. And I don't know how he was able to do like, he's just such a talented director. Yeah, he really absolutely. is. And he hasn't done a lot though. And he has not done that much. Um, but what, but what he has done in my opinion is really good. I've seen, you know, I've seen like five or six, I think I've seen like five of his films. Mm-hmm. This is by far my favorite. Yes. This, I really, I love a ghost story, but I mean, obviously very different movies. Mm-hmm. This is top tier for a 24 films. Oh my God. And like the budget feels out of this world mm-hmm. and it really isn't like that. Like it wasn't made for like hundreds of millions of dollars. Like a Marvel movie was, I think this movie was like made for like $12 million, which like isn't like is a lot of money mm-hmm. to like us simpletons. But like <laughs> when it comes to like the Films. film industry, that's really not that much money. Yeah. I mean, and can... for the size of this movie, and what they were able to accomplish, because something else that we that like you know we didn't really speak about yet is like there is CGI in this movie. Yes, the fox is the most noticeable for sure. The fox is the most noticeable, but other than that, like generally speaking, the CGI 
mixed in with the practical effects is done so well mm-hmm. that the the CGI really feels like a companion to the practical effects. Yeah, because never can, feels like they're like leaning on the CGI. Yeah, the fox is again the most noticeable thing where you can tell that that's CGI, but everything else like you obviously know that in the beginning like the castle where the mom is like performing the witchcraft to summon the green knight yeah like the background is all cgi but it's really not noticeable like you see like this pinnacle tower and then in the background is the entire kingdom yeah and that's all cgi but like it just looks so like fantastic and 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 the you know something that probably helped this movie a lot was generally speaking the movie when they're indoors is pretty dark. Yes. Cause it's all, cause it appears to all be lit via torches and natural sunlight through windows. Mm-hmm. So having that darkness really kind of can help you obscure what is real and what is not. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really, a, it just, it just really like, you know, it kind of just thickens on the mood because I mean, man, the lighting in this movie, like it, this movie feels heavy yes <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and, and you can see that too like especially towards the later end when he finally makes it towards the green chapel and everything is like this perfect like orange hue to it yeah and again it's one of those things where it's like it's such a small thing like to add a filter to it but it makes the scene like so much more impactful because it's like this is the end of the journey and this is like where shit's about to get real yeah um i do want to talk about Gawain's like uh more so like the the tribulations that he had along the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the failures that he made from he pretty much it. fucks up and fails he, everything. I want to say cuz <laughs> you mentioned it like the the five pillars so like he had five like, points yeah. yeah, he had like five things to do. Yeah. Um I only really counted four. I could be wrong, but like so he had obviously the first fail was sparing enough coins for the scavenger. Yeah. Um, the second one was kind of a fail, like, but it is when he went to the one house and ended up helping like the ghost girl, Winifred, um, to me, like the way that he kind of handled the situation wasn't very knight-like where he got the head for her, but he was also like questioning the whole time. And like, he went to kind of like touch her face to make sure she was real. Right. Um, so it was it was kind of a pass, but still a fail on like how he should have handled the situation. The third one was obviously when he's at like the Lord and Lady's house, and one lies about having Essel back home because she asks him, which I thought was really cool too. Like it, it was the same actress. Yeah, it was. Um, just to add like a little bit more of like this kind of like nuance to like the story, right? But obviously, lying about like, oh, what's this charm? on your necklace is it from somebody that you loved or is it like a good luck charm and he's like no neither yeah like both of those are true (laughs) um and then of course i'm committing the adultery of everything right yeah because that's not very nightlike right um so those are the four that i had that he failed so like looking it up i'm looking at it right now Mm -hmm. the five that like he the five points they represent so they they uh it's the star of bethlehem and they they represent the five virtues of knighthood the first being generosity, the second being courtesy, the third being chastity, the fourth being chivalry, and the final one being piety. So, like, throughout the course of the film, he kind of, you know, like, generosity with 
the the kid the asking coin. him for coins, and he's like, "What do I get in return?" Like mm-hmm. immediately, that's like, "Okay, you you failed." Yeah. So like, going you know do going throughout the rest of the movie, you know, there's kind of like this constant like he's got constantly getting tested, and he just seems like he can never do it. Um, and I kind of like that. Yeah, I do too. Like it makes him this flawed character, and I'm always a big fan of flawed characters. Yeah. And him doing all these things to become a knight. And more or less have his own story. Like, he wants to be known. He wants to be famous. And I don't know how he got, like, such already regards from just chopping off the Green Knight's head when he literally leaned down to let him chop it. Right. That was, like, the big thing. It was, like, why did you get all this praise? Well, I think that it comes to the point of, like, you know, he, he cut off the Green Knight's head. But he knows, and I think everybody kind of like know. Like he's the one that stepped up. Everybody else was like, "I'm yeah. not fucking stepping up." Like, <laughs> so he's the one that actually stepped up. So like right then and there, that gives him points, mm-hmm. right? Because he was the guy who actually said, "I'll do it," and then he does it. But he knows that the story he hasn't really earned it quite yet because he has that one year hence, yeah. and he's like, "Okay, I now have to like go fulfill this." So I guess that really just comes down to the point of like everybody is it like this it is a story now at this point that has gone throughout the town and and throughout the towns or like surrounding towns of like that's the guy that cut off the green knight's head like mm-hmm. this this fucking tree person came into our like into king arthur's kingdom mm-hmm. and I mean, I feel like there would be like that type. Like, if you did yes. that, like, yes, <laughs> everyone would be like, Everybody "Yo, that's like, the guy that Yo, fucking Zach, did that." Good shit. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Um, I think that. It, I think that there is a, a, a reasonable amount of notoriety for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's just like, well, he let you do it, so it's not as chivalrous. Yeah, it's not something to be like talked about too, too much. Yeah, maybe you got that one year. That's about all you get from. <laughs> Uh, but you also, you also have to think like the people in the towns don't like, nobody knows what's, everybody knows that he has to go and find him again. So Mm -hmm. nobody knows what's going to happen there. Yeah. And I think it's important to note too, that in my opinion, um, the mom definitely like did all this to have Gowan become like a knight and become like somebody who is talked about. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I also believe that the blind old lady From, yeah, at the, is at the... the mom in some way, shape, or form. Like, Because using... she's the, that, like, the mother in the beginning when she's doing the spell. She mm-hmm. has that um, the cloth wrapped yes. around her eyes. And then the only other time you ever see that is with that older woman who never speaks. She never says anything. She's just always in the background kind of yes. like watching. Uh, and then the fox as well. And the fox is definitely like I think it all kind of is truthfully. Mm-hmm. It's all like her mother or his mother being there to guide him, to guide him, and to prevent him from cheating. Mm-hmm. Because every time that he tries to, you something know, goes th- wrong, right? And or or yeah, his the you know the fox gets in the way or whatever it may be. So I th- I definitely agree with that. I, I and I said that to you the first time that you know mm-hmm. before we actually did this episode and you know whatever it was two weeks ago. I said that I uh, that I thought that it was that 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 woman was his mom, and definitely like rewatching it. I I feel like for sure like that had to be yeah, especially a to form like, of her whatever like yeah because right before he goes in the chapel, um the fox actually speaks and is like turn back now and this will just be you and me like nobody will know like exactly what happened yeah and that's the mom being like okay you made the journey. 
but you're gonna die if you do if you fulfill this yeah so come back and then we'll both know that like everything is fine yeah uh, and then kind of like one of the, just the last things I wanted to speak about was I really enjoyed the the, the trick g- ending. G- well, just Gawain in general, like having these moments of him seeing himself in the future. Yes. And then and then acting upon that. Right. Like one of the, like one of the main ones being when he gets tied up and he's in the forest. Yes. And then you have that really cool shot of like the camera turning around and then all of a sudden it's the skeleton of him. And then it and then it reverses and it goes back and then it's him laying there again. It's like okay, he's visualizing. If he just if he just lays here and dies, no one no one's gonna know who the fuck he was, who yeah. you know, or anything, right? And then this whole thing was for nothing. So then that's when he decides like I got to do something about it. And obviously the the whole ending definitely got me the first time. Yeah, I was like, there's no like this is really how it's gonna end right now. Like for like this is that would have been one of honestly. Oh really? <laughs> that would have been one of the most disappointing endings to a film that I would have ever seen. So I would have been fine with it if they did like the entire montage of like him coming back, him becoming knighted, him becoming king, him having the wife, him slowly becoming like an evil tyrant basically, and then at the very end when like he's being invaded, he takes off the belt. And then his head falls and then just cuts to black. I would have been fine with that ending. I guess, I guess, but it would have been so yes. disappointing because it's like you went on this journey with him for so long mm-hmm. just for him to be a false king. Like, ah, yeah. oh, it would have been so heartbreaking. I know. And then cutting back and then like, you know, this was all again, like just future vision and him having future vision future. <laughs> <laughs> and then him having like this one last time to like really be a knight. And fulfill, like, what he needs to do and gain honor. Yeah. And he's like, wait, and then takes off the magic belt that, like, will not let him be harmed. Right. And that was, like, the biggest thing. Because I know in, like, the poem, he wears the belt, but then gets, like, a gash on his neck. And that's supposed to be, like, you know, he's always left with this gash as a reminder of, like, how he wasn't truly nightworthy. Right. Yeah. Um, and then in this, I like to believe that the Green Knight chopped his head off. I like to believe that he didn't. I like to believe that he did just because, like, when he finally says, like, that last line to him... Like then off with your head. It's it's this kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek thing where, you know, you've done all these things wrong this entire journey, and you've done this one thing right, and now you get to die as a knight. But part of me, too, like, with the end credit scene, makes me believe that it didn't happen. The end credit scene makes you kind of believe it. I think the little, the little kind of, the like, kind of how you said, you know, he kind of says it in a tongue-in-cheek way. He kind of gives him that little smile at the end. I don't know. I mean, this is definitely a divisive ending, right? Yeah. Like, you, you don't know, and it's completely up to interpretation. I, I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, I watch it one week and I feel like he cut his head off and then I watch another week and I feel like maybe he, no, he didn't. Yeah. And you're going to kind of like flop back and forth. As of right now, I feel like he didn't. I, and I think it's just because he gives him that subtle nod and it was kind of him saying like, you've passed the test. I don't know. I, I think he did. But then the end credit scene of the little girl putting on the crown makes me believe that that's Gawain's daughter. Right. So Which- he he didn't get his head chopped off then yeah. because then he still went home and like did all these things. Right. So I don't know. I'm, I, I, at this point in time, I think he got his head chopped off, <laughs> but I'll think about it again later. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I, I could have dealt without the end credit scene. Yeah. I it didn't, was, it was I unnecessary. It. I, I didn't, I didn't find it like really all that, like it didn't really add much to it. And, and it just kind of felt like 
if if the film ended just where it ended and you didn't have that end credit scene, then you would you you would be firmly in the ground of he cut his head off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't but know. I, I, think I bounced back and forth between. I, I, the first time I watched it in theaters, I said no, and I still kind of think no. But I, know. I think it's just like David Lowerly just doing like one last thing to be like, here's another ambiguous thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. Yep. Um, for me. Honestly, truthfully, a ten out of ten, I, and and I don't, you know, I don't really say that very often, um, but I honestly, this was everything that I wanted. Like, it's very, very rare that a movie, like especially, that I was anticipating so much, mm-hmm. and I had, and I, and I always try to keep my, you know, I try to keep it down low just because I'm like I don't want to be disappointed, mm-hmm. so I, I always try not to get overexcited. But like this movie, for whatever reason, I was just like I I I cannot contain how excited I am to see this movie. Yeah, my you know my expectations were through the roof. Um, ten and, out of ten. And cum it, belts. and it actually met it. You yeah. know, it's one of those things where it's like it didn't disappoint me in any way. It's everything that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. Ten and out that, of ten. Cum belts. Yeah, because that was belt. also weird. The hand job scene was weird. Apparently the the real poem is like got a lot more homoeroticism in it. Yes, because it's like that was weird too, like giving him what you gained back. Yeah. So it's like okay, a kiss, so then you had to give him a kiss. Right. And it's like, well, in the poem, like they actually had sex. So mm-hmm. like now he's got to have sex with the Lord. I don't know. It seemed kind of. I'm kind of glad we didn't get all. It, it, just, <laughs> it just seemed like super vague and super weird to yeah. like for that also to be a knighthood thing. But I don't know. I it was a poem at some point. So right. Um, but yeah, and Dev Patel is just always like really wet in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what that adds to him because like he's a handsome man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of like, look at this guy go. <laughs> he's got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I I, re- I think that um if you're on the fence about watching it, I think that it's worth it. You gotta go in knowing that it's not gonna be yeah. Like you gotta this know that sword it, battle. Right, it's fight. not gonna be a Lord of the Rings like battle scene, but it's it is a true it is. This film is a actual journey. Yes. Like the film itself is and watching it is. Mm-hmm. And and I think that um that it's you know, I think that it nails it. So I was very, very happy. Nice. Okay. I'm, you... I'm glad we spoke about this. Yeah, no, this we, would... we we spoke about like wanting to t- talk about it on the podcast, but um and we gave you all a month, so no spoiler warning. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> um so yeah, with that I have a recommendation. And I want to recommend HBO Max as a streaming mm-hmm. service. Um, be- it's nice because a a lot of a lot of movies that are coming out in theaters are also coming out on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of deal they have with fucking all these companies, but that's pretty cool. Especially like if you're really concerned still about like the whole COVID thing and whatnot, like being able to see theatrical release films on on your t- on your television in your house for a you know whatever whatever it is 9.99 a month or 14.99 a month whatever it is mm-hmm. opposed to you know a lot, there's a lot of streaming services that are like okay hey this movie's coming out uh in theaters and you could you can rent it for $50 you're yeah. like what <laughs> uh uh so that's really cool um and you know the one thing that I will say is that what HBO Max lacks in um, quantity, mm-hmm. they definitely make up for it in quality. Yeah, uh, they have so many good shows on HBO. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chernobyl. Yes, is, I wanted to watch is, that. Is incredible. 
The first season of True Detective is amazing. I n- I now just started a um a show called Succession. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like one and a half episodes in, but I'm fucking hooked already. There's um the one show that I recommended before is like How to with John Olson, I think right, John yeah. Oliver. Like um that was really cool, and that's on HBO Max. Yeah. So again, they don't have like nearly as much as say a Netflix or an Amazon Prime, but I would feel pretty secure in saying that. If you just kind of went randomly on HBO Max and selected something, it's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the fact that like they do same day like theater releases. Right. Or at least the next day cuz yeah. that especially too still in covid times like that was a big thing where it's like pushing me to get HBO Max was because okay, it's not really safe to go into the theaters yet for everything, but HBO Max has got it. Yeah. And you don't have to do like what Amazon does where you have to pay like 20 bucks to rent it because it's the early access. This, yeah, they yeah. just have it. Right. Um, I haven't started, I've never watched Westworld, but I heard Westworld is pretty good. I've heard good things about it. Uh, there's a something that just came out with my boy Oscar Isaac is some, it's, it's called Scenes from a Marriage, mm-hmm. which is based off of another film that was made back in like the, I don't know, it was, I think it was like the 90s or something. Um, and this is like a modern like take on it. Uh, and I've heard really, really good things about that. So, like I said, uh, whatever, what they lack in quantity, they definitely make up for in quality. Um, And I really think that uh, if you're into, like, real story-driven narratives and whatnot, HBO Max is probably the streaming service for you. Absolutely. So, Zach, what are we doing next? Well, Frank, for our discussion, we are going to be doing what makes a good noir film. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, cool. So look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, my brave knight, now off with your head.